are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. And today I want to start a new series. We're going to be in for the month of January. If you're new here, we, every month we have a series and we rally around God's word with that series and we go to his word and discover truths from that series. And each month we'll have a new series and we do little invite cards for each series and encourage you to invite people out uh, to the series because you never know what series could hit home with somebody. Um, so this series is called Bad Advice. How many have ever received some bad advice? Yeah, if you don't have your hand up, you're the one giving the bad advice, <laughs> sir, ma'am. You too spiritual up in here like, uh, I ain't never received none. You're the one giving it. You told them to buy that car. Come on now. You know like the car salesman that's pushy. Like you know you can't afford it, but he like finds a way for you to do it. You're like, I don't even know how he did that. <laughs> But I'm driving in a new car. Isn't this cool? My payment's only $750 a month. Such a deal. We rolling on 20s. What's up? Uh, All of us have had some bad advice. And I know what some of you are thinking. Like, am I really coming to church to hear about bad advice? And uh, yes, this month you are. And uh, so what we're going to do, because most of us can look at our lives and see that we've made some bad choices. And almost all the time, those bad choices come from bad advice. So what we're going to do for the next few weeks is we're going to look at some bad advice um, that we all encounter. Then we're going to go to God's word to find the good advice that we need to start the new year outright. Does that sound okay? And just by you being here says you're ready to start the new year outright spiritually with God. Amen. You're here the first Sunday of the month. That's awesome. Give yourselves a hand clap for being here. Come on. So this is what I truly believe. I truly believe that this message could be the change for your life. I believe that this message could bring about some real change that will be lasting change. Not out of the gym by February change. Come on now. Not spending crazy by March change. Come on, some lasting change that can take place for your 2018 to be successful in the things of God. And here's how I want to set up this message with a question. Here's how I want to set it up. How many of you, at one point in your life, at one point in your life, you would say, I was closer to God than what I am right now? You don't have to raise your hand, but just think about it. How many of you would say, at one point in my life, I was more passionate about the things of God than I currently am sitting here right now. I I, I was more excited about God's word at one point. I remember when the scriptures began to come alive to me and God's word was what I fed on every day. How many can say at one point in my life I was so excited when I woke up on Sunday morning to go to God's house. But now I just kind of come and it's just kind of mundane and normal to me. 
How many can say at one point in your life that you were excited when, when, when the worship band kicked up and they were singing your song? And you were ready to lift your hands. You were ready to clap and you were ready to sing off key once again. How many could say at one point in my life, man, the passion for the things of God was stirred up within me and there was nothing keeping me from God's house. I wanted to serve at every opportunity. They told me I could only be on two teams. I want to be on all 25. You were ready. I mean, you were ready every Sunday to give of your finances and you were ready to serve the house and serve people. At one point in your life, You were passionate about the things of God. You were actually taking all those invite cards and you were handing them out. They weren't just falling in the seat in your car and hanging out down there. You were actually handing them to coworkers and friends that were far from God. You were actually telling them about your church and how excited you were. And you were telling everyone that you encountered about what God has done in your life. At one point in your life, you were closer to God than you are now. Think about it. At one point, you used to fellowship with people from the church. Now it's people outside of the church that aren't saved, that are drawing you away from the church. At one point, you used to have accountability partners. At one point, you used to tell him what you're struggling with. You used to tell, confide in her what you were dealing with, and they would pray for you, and they would help you. Now you just keep everything inside. You don't let it out. Somehow, life happened And your passion for the things of God cooled down. Your passion for God's house and spiritual things cooled down. How many can honestly say, you don't need to raise your hand. How many can honestly say, yep, that's me. You're talking to me today. If you say that in your heart, I would say to you this. This message right here could change everything for 2018. I firmly believe that. First service, we've seen God show up in a mighty way. And speak to our hearts. And I believe he's going to do the same today. Amen. I heard this story of this married couple. And they were 20 years married. And they had a truck. And they had the kind of truck that didn't have the council in the middle. The one that you could snug up with the driver of the truck. You know what I'm saying? You could be real close. This couple was married 20 years. And the man would drive. And he would put his arm around his wife. And. She would put her head on his chest and they would just snuggle and drive and go on drives out in the country and talk about life. And they were so in love. They were so passionate about each other. One day, the wife found herself closest to the passenger door. She looked over at her husband and she said, what has happened to us? I I don't understand. And the husband looked at the wife and said, I wasn't the one who moved. I wasn't the one who moved. And I believe that there was a time in your life when you were closer to the presence of God and the person of God than you are today. And may I suggest to you this, may I submit to you to this, that God isn't the one who moved. God isn't the one who moved. He's still in the driver's seat of your life. But now there's a space between you and God. He's still driving. He's still got your life under control, but there's a space that's occupied by some things and some people that has caused a distance and distance always brings distortion and how you bridge that gap is through communication. 
If you're on Twitter, you can tweet that. Because I didn't say that in first. Distance always brings a distortion. Like if I told you, start walking from the church to the bypass, and I'm going to yell your name, the, fir- the closer you would get to the bypass, the less you would hear me because my voice would become distorted because you're further away from my voice. And that's what has happened with a lot of us. God says, I haven't changed. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm still sitting in the driver's seat. But there is some distance that has created some distortion. And I need you to bridge that gap back to me through relationship, through communication. The wife slowly probably scooted over to the door because there was a gap in communication. Most divorces end up happening because there is a gap in communication. We didn't communicate about finances. We didn't communicate about our sex life. We didn't communicate about what we were going to do with the money and where we were going to go and how we were going to hang out. We didn't communicate our work schedule. We didn't communicate it. Therefore, after year, after year, after year of that building up, we end up, there's distortion, there's a distance, there's a separation. Now, the marriage series is next month. Don't, you guys get me on rabbit trails here. Come on. God isn't the one who moved. We moved. We moved. So the first piece of bad advice I want to give you, I came to give you some real exciting bad advice today. I want to tell you in 2018, it's the first piece. We're going to give some every Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Tell all your friends, come to our church. We're giving out bad advice. (laughs) The first piece of bad advice is I want to tell you how to drift from God. I want to be very clear, and I want to tell you how you can drift from God this year. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to tell you about a parable first that Jesus gave, and it's called the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. And uh, Jesus actually, in the whole chapter, gives about three to four different parables And Jesus is talking about seed. Someone say seed. And so he gives these three parables and they're all talking about seed and parables are just stories. And uh, Jesus is talking about the power and potential of seed. But then he also is talking about how seed is no good if it's not sown in the the, the right soil. Are you with me? Seed is no good. You can scatter seed on this concrete, but how many know it wouldn't grow? You could scatter seed up here, but how many know it wouldn't grow? It's not the right environment, right? It's got to be sown in the right soil. And so Jesus is talking about this parable to his followers, and he's teaching them all these different stories. And we're going to look at just one story out of many that are in Matthew chapter 13 that talk about the, the seed going into the right soil. Now, the soil represents our heart. Someone say, my heart. My heart. So as we go over these four different types of soil, you can find yourself in one of these types of soil. Every one of us are are one of these types of soil that we're going to talk about. And so Jesus talks about the first one, and he says uh, the man took the seed and and, and planted the seed, but it fell uh, along the path. It went just on the surface. Uh, It didn't go down in the soil. It just went on the surface. And he said because the seed went on the surface, the birds came and they snatched the seed up. Are you with me right now? 
So there's surface Christians, right? There's people that really just want to live on the fringe of Christianity, like really don't challenge me, pastor. Like, like I just came here. It's nice. It's, I love the cushioned seats. The other church has wooden pews, and I really like this. I'm comfortable. You give me coffee. Come on, you do free stuff. And I, I really like that. Don't challenge me. I want to be surface. Okay? And so, so we, see, we see those type of soil. And then we see the second type of soil. It says the seed is placed in a rocky type of soil. It's, it, there's a lot of hard rocks and, 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 and there's not much soil. And so when the sun came, it scorched the seed. It, it didn't go down into the soil. It was on the rock. It had no root. And then the third type of soil was sown, uh, ter- third type of seed was sown into soil that said it was among thorns. It was thorns. And it, it grew, the seed grew, but then the thorns choked out the seed. And then the fourth type is the good soil. And Jesus says, if, if you're planted in the good soil, you'll, you'll produce and multiply 30, 60, 100 full harvest in your life. Now, Jesus is talking about the seed. The seed represents the word of God. Someone say the word of God. The soil represents our heart. Someone say my heart. So we are all one of these types of soil. Now, I want to read this, this text to you, this parable to you. Matthew 13, 19. Check it out on the screens here. Let's look at the first type of soil. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed along the path. There's people here every Sunday. There's people here today. You hear the word, but you don't think it's for you. You don't think it's for you. And so the seed goes and it never, it never soaks down into the soil. It's just kind of scattered along the path and you don't think it's for you. There's no application made. There's no, there's, there's no uh, corresponding action to the word that you just heard because that's really not for me. That's really not for me. And so the enemy comes and he snatches that seed of the word of God. Second type of soil, Matthew 13, 20, 21. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and, and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they, only, they, they last only a short time. For when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Second type of soil, second type of heart represented here today. You're probably thinking, which one am I? You're going to know which soil you are, which heart you have by the time I hit all four. The second type are those who, they get excited about the word. They're like, preach, white boy. Come on. They're like, this is good. I like this message. But when trouble comes, they abandon all hope and they abandon the, the, the power of the word of God. They don't apply the word. They don't apply it. See, that's why the word says that you need to not only be a hearer of the word, but you need to be a doer. So hit your name and say, you got to do something. You want God to do everything. God said, I did everything for you. Now you got to do something. Hmm? When trials come, these people flip out. You ever been around someone who they get a hangnail and their world ends? They can't take it. Meanwhile, the lady who just got diagnosed with cancer stands up and declares, I am the healed of the Lord. I shall live and not die. And here you got a migraine and you called off for work. You make your whole family serve you when you have a migraine because you can't handle it. I didn't mean to talk about your spouse, but let me get back behind here just for a minute. This isn't a real shouty message, but this message sure will change your life if you stay with me for the next three hours. 
Verse 22, the seed fell, third type, the seed fell among the thorns, refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. This is someone who hears the word. They're here every week and they really want to live. They really want to live the word. They want to get it right, but they're so preoccupied with their life and outside of the things of God and their business and their house and their preoccupied with getting more money and it's never enough. They're never satisfied. You know, they got the bigger house. They, they went from a 500 square foot to a thousand, but it wasn't enough. And so then they went from a thousand to two and then a, a two to three, but it never satisfied them. It just never satisfied them. And, 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 and so the worries of life and the stress of the bills and they're living beyond their means. And so the anxiety chokes out the word that is sown in their life. And then the third, the fourth type, rather, is found in verse 23. But the seed falling on what? Come on, say it. The seed falling on what? Refers to someone who hears the word and understands it or applies it. Someone who applies it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. The word works for those who have the right soil. Which one are you? I didn't ask your spouse, I said you. I know you're trying to figure out which one your spouse is, I'm talking about you. Which soil best represents your heart right now? Because the word, the seed of God's word that is being sown right now as we speak only works for those who have good soil. Only grows and produces. You see, the right soil is everything to God's word growing in your heart. And our goal as Jesus followers is to have the right heart or the right soil. So when the word is sown, we can grow and produce fruit. But. Someone say but. God's got big buts. And he cannot lie. Some are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that in church. You won't last long here. There's 200 great churches. Go find you one. This ain't the one. But many, but some, have drifted from God because of the wrong soil. Many in here. Um, I remember, Dad, when you took us to South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, right? I remember, and me and my three brothers, we were young, we were little then. How, how old was I, Dad? Do you remember how old I was? Around 10 or 11. And it was our first family vacation. We had never been on vacation before. It was a big deal. We borrowed my grandpa's motorhome, and here we were going to Myrtle Beach, and we were so excited, and many stories came from that vacation. Uh, that I don't have time to share all of them, but just stay around here. You'll hear them. Um, but the one is this. I remember when we went to the beach and we had our umbrella and our cooler and we're setting up shop on the sand and me and the boys, man, we're excited and uh, I can't wait to get in that water to throw the football with my brothers and I can't wait to hold Joel under a little extra longer. Come on now. And uh, we go out, in the, we're getting ready to go out in the water and dad says, hey boys, hang on. Remember this. You always need to be watching me and mom. You always need to be watching us when you go out in that water because what happens is 
if you're not careful, you'll begin to drift away. And we're like, you know, I'm 10. I'm like, I'm just ready to go have some fun, right? So we're like, yeah, dad, we got this, you know. We'll be out in the water. So we go out there. We're playing around. We're probably out there an hour. And all of a sudden, I look up. And as a boy, I've seen some very interesting things (laughs) that we can't talk about right now, but that's not my mom. (laughs) That's surely not my dad. His chest is a lot hairier than that. Uh, A lot of ladies that had a hairdo like my mom, you know, that that poodle hairdo back in the 80s. Come on, somebody. And I couldn't find him. And all of a sudden, I looked way down and I seen mom and dad like this, like, come back. Unknowingly to us, we had drifted away. We had drifted away. And, and there are many in here today. There are many that, that don't realize how far you've drifted. You don't realize how far you've drifted from the peace and the presence and the power of Almighty God. You, you don't realize how far you are from God and you're looking out. God, where are you? God, I used to be close. I used to have that walk and that relationship, but something changed and God's saying, I'm still driving. You created the space. I didn't create it. I love what Hebrews 2.1 says. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that when, so that we do not, what? So that we do not, what? We must pay the most careful attention. We, we must pay close attention to what we've heard, to the word, the seed of God's word being sown in our heart. We must pay closer attention because we do not want to drift away. I don't want to drift away. So I want to give you four pieces of bad advice. Are you ready for it? Buckle your seatbelt. It's going to get fun. Are you ready for the bad advice? This is the best Bad advice you've had all year. I've been waiting all year to share this bad advice. All year I've been waiting. I've been waiting all year. Here it is. When it comes to drifting from God, here's four pieces of bad advice that I want to give you today. Number one, just neglect your time with God. If you want in 2018 to drift from God, do this thing. Neglect your time with God. Just neglect it. Don't worry about it. Don't seek God. Don't hunger for him. Don't renew your mind. Let those thoughts come into your head. Let fear dominate you. Let doubt run your life. Don't don't really believe that God's word is true. I mean, it was over 2,000 years ago. Like, is it really true? God really doesn't heal, does he? God really doesn't deliver. Let those doubts be sown in your mind and and just, just don't seek God. Don't worship only come to church when it's convenient, when, you, when, it, when the schedule works out. Just come then. Just come then. But other than that, don't come. Don't serve on the team. Uh, don't worship in giving. I mean, don't do that. Don't pray and definitely don't fast. I mean, what is this preacher talking about? He's crazy. I like my cheeseburgers. <laughs> Basically, just ignore God this year. If you want, to dr- you want to know how to drift from God, just ignore him. I mean, believe in God, but... but just live as if he doesn't exist. I mean, believe in God, like say you believe in God. I mean, everybody believes in God, but just live a life like he doesn't exist. You want to drift from God this year? 
It's my first piece of advice. Neglect your time with God. Don't do anything spiritually. Don't do anything. Don't ever open your Bible. Let that dust collect on your coffee table, top of your butt. Let, let it collect. Don't, don't dig into devotionals. Don't get people involved in your life to hold you accountable. Just neglect all, anything that has to do with God. Just do it. It's the best bad advice I have this year. Number two, hang around the wrong people this year. You want to drift from God? Get around those people that draw out the worst in you. You know who they are, right? The ones that send you the text message or the phone call and right away those feelings come up in your gut and you're like, I know if I go hang with them, I'm going to do this, right? Hang around those people. Hang around the people who have no reverence for God. Hang around the people who have no moral compass. Like, they're just living life. They're just one big party. You know those people. Like, every weekend is just one big party. Like, they work. They pay their bills. But Friday, we're going to get lit. Hang around those people. Go to the club. Drop it like it's whatever for you. Go to the disco, whatever you want to call it, the honky-tonk. I don't know what you go to, what you're into, with your cowboy boots and your cowboy hat, but you go do it and do you. And hang around people, hang around people with bad character, hang around people that are the most ungodly ever. Just do it. It'll be awesome. It'll be an amazing year for you if you just hang out with unbelievers the whole year. And then if you really want to top it off, if you're single, all my single, anyway, if you're single in here, single lady, single man, here's what you do if you really want to top it off. Find you a person today that is an unbeliever. Do that. Do that. Become unequally yoked and that will be just the awesome way to drift from God. And then, and then you can rationalize, I know he's not a believer, but I'm a strong believer and I'm going to win him over for Christ. Say that. Say that because that always works. That always turns out real good. When you date him and engage, get engaged and then you marry him, you say, I'm going to turn his heart towards God. He's going to be on fire for G. I know right now he's on fire for Bacardi. Shots, 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 shots fireballing it, but I'm going to get him on fire for Jesus. Just do that and marry him and become unequally yoked and your life is going to drift as furthest from God than you ever have. It's going to be awesome, guys. This is going to be a great year for you. You're going to drift so far from God that the Coast Guard can't even rescue you. That wasn't in first service. I work hard on this stuff all week. Just get around people who have no appetite for the things of God. Just get around people that take you down, you know, that negative path. That Just get around your old high school buddies, your old college buddies. Yeah, you know who. Yeah, just, just party. Just come to church on Sunday, of course. But you know what? The rest of the week, just live like God doesn't exist. If you want to drift from God, this is the best bad advice that I have for you today. It's the best bad advice I have for you today. Number three, if you want to drift from God, love this world more than you love God. Just fall in love with the world. Just fall in love. Sell out to materialism. Just do it. Keep up with the Joneses. 
Like try to have your kids wearing what that family has and try to drive the car they're driving and, and, and get your kids in every sporting event and activity and get them occupied so there's no time for God or devotionals or quiet time or even prayer before we go to bed because our schedules are so busy and just fill it with stuff. Fill it with lots of stuff and, and, and celebrate your family and, and just, just have them involved in things. How I'm involved in things, but not, not anything that has to do with God. Not anything. Come to church when it works, but yeah, don't get on a team and serve. I mean, definitely, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, don't give anything in the offering. And well, unless you have that dollar bill in your pocket and you felt bad, and so you throw it in there. Once in a while, do that. Definitely, parents, don't send your students to camp and conferences. Don't invest in spiritual parts of the church for your kids and students. Don't do any of that. Invest in other things because after all, they're probably the next LeBron James. (laughs) They probably are going to the Olympics. We see the potential in little Johnny and you've told them that since they were an infant and we definitely believe in that. Not so, 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 so just be consumed with worldly things and, and don't really invest in your marriage. Don't worry about that. Work seven days a week. Work all the overtime you can get because you're trying to get more money and get more stuff, man. And just focus on that. Don't be at family dinners ever. Don't do the dinners anymore. We just get something through the drive-thru and that's our family dinner. God bless this meat. Let's eat. You know, don't, don't worry about any of that stuff. Fathers, don't lead your family spiritually. Don't ever let your kids catch you praying. Don't ever let your kids catch you on your knees. Don't ever let your kids catch you praying over your spouse. Or We wouldn't want that to happen. We want you to drift as far as from God as you can. I'm giving you the best bad advice I can give you today. Fall in love with the world more than God. Just give in to every temptation that comes your way. Just give in. It's easier to give in to it. It's easier to say yes. It's easier to make excuses for what you're doing wrong. Oh, after all, God will forgive me. It's okay. That's what his grace is for, after all. Hmm? Just, just rationalize it. Just rationalize in your head. Come up with your own theology in your head that I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I can do it. I can still be addicted to this. I'm fine. I can handle it. I can do it. This is just the way I am. This is just the way I cope with life. I need this one thing in my back pocket that nobody knows about. Just rationalize it and say, God says it's okay. If you want to drift from God, that's what I'm saying. This is what you do. If you want to drift from God, you then just idolize people in Hollywood and compare your life to their life. Get addicted to reality TV. That's really going to add a lot to your life and your family and you're really going to see what you, the potential that your family could have by watching the Kardashian. That's awesome family. So awesome. Watch them, record them, do it, do it. It's going to help you drift from God, church. It's going to help you idolize sports, idolize sports stars, idolize it, be consumed with it. Let it take up all your time. I think they're ready for me to dismiss them today, dad. I don't think they're taking my bad advice. Yeah, just look at Hollywood and all the stars and compare your boring life to their exciting one. Try to be like them and try to compare and play the comparison game and 
and uh, always want a lifestyle that you can't afford to have. Just lust for that stuff and go after the fleshly crave. This is how you drift from God. Number four, if you want to drift from God, if all else fails, just fake it. Just fake it. If all else fails, just fake it. Just fake it. No, you don't have to be immoral to fake it. Just fake it. Learn all the Christianese words to say. There's a language here. It's called Christianese. Like, you, you know, say the hallelujahs. Praise the Lord, brother. How are you? Well, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. You know, learn the language. Learn, learn the Christianese language. Speak the language, but lack real spiritual passion. Just do that. Just, just, just catch on to all the motions and how he has his hand lifted. It's tilted a little bit because he's given the Father his heart. Do the big screen worship like you're lifting a big screen. TV up. Lord, we worship you. And do, do, do the... Do the cover girl worship and the princess worship and the Miss America worship. Get all those, those, those things down, pat, in church and just, just fake it. Worship, say the songs, sing the words, but don't mean it with your heart. Throw in a 20 once in a while, you know what I'm saying? Just so people see you down the aisle like, oh, he, he, am, he on board with the tithe. <laughs> he just... Drop the 20 piece up in there. (laughs) Serve on the team. Yeah, serve, you know, but, you know, make everyone think you're a follower, but don't really obey God's word. Just fake it. Just fake it. You can go through the routine. You can do this. You got this. You've done it this long. You've done it this long. You told yourself if I'm there every Sunday, then I'm good with God. You've done it this long. When all else fails, just fake it. Now, this was really hard to be that sarcastic for that long. <laughs> but I believe all of us have heard this bad advice, and unfortunately, some have followed it. And can I be the first to have both hands up and say, I've followed all four pieces of this bad advice? Can I be the first to tell you, that was me. Can I be the first to tell you I can most identify with this one right here? When all else fails, fake it. Yep, yep. See, I was that full-time pastor, but part-time follower. That was me. When we were in New Jersey, there came a place in my life where things were growing, things were moving, and I got complacent in the things of God. I said, man, I can get up there, and there's thousands of young people shouting me down when I preach. I'm preaching in pulpits with 10,000 people. I'm good, God. I don't need my prayer life. I don't need to open my word unless I need to find a message. That's really the only reason to. I don't need to really connect with you, God. And I became a full-time pastor and a part-time follower of Christ for almost a year. For almost a year. For almost a year. That was me. Full-time pastor, part-time follower of Christ. It was a job to me during that year, not a calling. It was a job to me. It was just a job to me. It wasn't a calling. I was so obsessed with 
the Lord's house, but I forgot the Lord of the house. I was so obsessed with what God was doing and the things of God and the growth that I forgot who it was all for. And I was a full-time pastor and a part-time follower of Christ. I don't know who I'm talking to you to today. But for me, the fire had went out. The fire and the passion for the things that I had drifted far from God. God never left me. I was the one that drifted. I was the one that created this space, this distance, and this distortion between me and God. I was the one. The Bible says that fire goes out for lack of fuel. Proverbs says it. Fire goes out for lack of fuel. That's a good shirt idea. That'll be the next one. Fire goes out for lack of fuel. I had stopped putting the fire or the fuel on the fire. I had stopped taking the spiritual fuel and putting it on the fire. My fire had went out. So I don't know who I'm talking today that can say, man, that's me. I'm a full-time wife, but I'm a part-time follower. I'm a full-time husband, dad, but I'm a part-time follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a full-time church attendee. I'm here faithful, but I'm a part-time follower of Jesus. I'm a full-time student, but I'm a part-time follower of Christ. I'm a full-time servant on a team every single week, but I'm a part-time follower of Christ. Oh, I'm a full-time grandma or grandpa, but I'm a part-time follower of Christ. I'm a full-time factory worker, but I am a part-time follower of Christ. I, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but this was me. This was me. This was me. Be careful so that when you hear the word, you do not drift away. Be careful. Pay, pay close attention in 2018. If, you, if this year is going to be the greatest year of your life, it's got to be the greatest year of your life spiritually. Be careful. Be careful, pay close attention when the word, the seed of God's word comes. Apply it to your life. Be a doer of the word or you will find yourself far from God. God, 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 God. Where are you, 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 you? It's funny, but it's not funny because it's the state that many of us are in. And here's, here's what, here's, as your pastor, hear my heart. I do not, I've done church my whole life. I've been in church my whole life. I've preached in front of crowds of 15,000. It doesn't impress me. Church size doesn't impress me. Someone said, man, you guys are really growing. It doesn't impress me. I said, well, the church down the road, they're really, it doesn't impress. I don't care. I want to raise up full-time followers of Jesus Christ. What good is it if we get together and we just appease our conscience and tell everybody, oh, you're doing such a great job being a complacent Christian. No, we got to be spurred by the word of God. We got to be pushed once in a while. Why? Because there's more with God. And we're going to challenge you on your journey following Christ. And if you don't like a challenge once in a while, I'm going to say a challenge in a loving way, not a condemning way, not a way you're a dirty, rotten, old sinner way. 
way like some people do, a loving way, a loving challenge. That's what I want to raise up, a church who is saying we are determined to not drift away. We're not perfect, but we're not drifting away. We don't have it all together, but we're not drifting away. We're raising up some Jesus followers who are committed, who have the fire of God within their hearts to go out and reach our community and reach our world. Doesn't impress me. Don't say, how many, when are we going to add the third? How many services are we going to have? None of that matters if people's lives are not changing. None of it. If that's all we're worried about is having a gathering. The Elks Club has a gathering. All the sports, they, they have gatherings. The UAW has gatherings. If all we're doing is looking to gather people, then we might as well put our Bibles in a big pile, light them on fire, and have the biggest weenie roast we've ever had. Because it's worthless to us if we're not changing and becoming more like Christ every week. It's worthless to this church. It's worthless to me to get up here and act like everything's all together in my life because it's not. It's worthless for you to fake it. I'll just fake it until I make it. No, you'll never make it. We're on a journey following Christ. So what I'm saying, without screaming, I'm sorry. I get a little passionate about this. What I'm saying is that won't you join the journey with us? The journey's not for the perfect. It's for the honest. It's for the transparent. It's for those who say, my life's a mess and I need God. My life's a mess and I need other people in my circle. I need some positive people. My life's a mess and I need, I need to start serving in the church. My life, I need to be around the things of God to keep the fire going. My fuel is empty. I'm on E and I need some fuel to keep the fire going in 2018. If that's you and you say, I'm ready, pastor, for 2018, stand to your feet right now and say, I'm ready. Come on, say I'm ready. Say I'm ready. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. In Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. If, if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.